Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, marketing, pop culture, and a different kind of marketing conference, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I'm Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor, and I am joined by my friend and colleague, Rebecca Stewart, Adweek's Europe Brand Editor. Bex, how are you today? You've had a very exciting week with your story. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, I've had a I've had a great week actually because a few weeks ago I interviewed Christina Aguilera, who's uh, Adweek's February cover star, and uh, for a naughty girly like me, it was just a dream come true to like interview her. And I spoke to her about her brand Playground, which is like a sexual wellness brand. Um, and yeah, it was just a really smart pivot for her to go into something like that. And we spoke about. Um, her second album Strips and how she kind of was more like vulnerable and um, addressed like her or owned her sexuality more on that and then how that's kind of led to her empowering women which has led to Playground so yeah it was great I loved it and you can obviously read the full story at adweek.com yeah, and people should definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, I feel like you did such a great job just tying it into her own personal brand and how this is such a natural evolution of just what she's about. Um, so kudos to you for interviewing one of the icons from our childhood. That is major and you did such a good job. So congrats. Thank you. That means a lot. The Instagram comments were just killing me. Like her fans are, they just love her so much and they're so funny. They're all just like slay queen. Um, so yeah, it was just a bit something a bit different. I loved it. Yeah. And before we move into the conversation today, is there anything that kind of like surprised you from your conversation with her? Like, what was it like? It sounds like it was a really enjoyable experience, actually. Yeah, it was good. So she was kind of in the middle of her of like preparing for her Las Vegas residency when she um, sat down with us. 
And I was just really surprised at like how involved she's been with the brand. So she's a co-founder and she's the chief brand advisor. Um, but she works really closely um, with the CEO, Catherine McGee, who helps kind of guide other brands like Bare Minerals and other beauty brands to success. So yeah, I just was surprised at how hands-on and collaborative and knowledgeable she was, but I shouldn't have been because we don't expect any less from Christina. And... Uh perfectly random segue into our conversation for today. <laughs> we have VML YNR's Chief Creative Officer of Innovation for North America, Walter T. Gear III, although I'm sure he would have some entertaining thoughts about Christina Aguilera, but we more talked to him about <laughs> his career lessons and just, it was just an enjoyable conversation hearing about his career trajectory, um, but more importantly, how he, along with fellow creative execs in the ad industry, are creating Black Week, an economic forum and marketing conference focused on unlocking the economic potential of Black and multicultural consumers. So it was a very great conversation, I would say, right? Yeah, 100%. And I guess he and Christina are both innovators, you could say. Yes, <laughs> they both are innovators. There we go. There's our thread. <laughs> uh, but before we dive into that conversation with Walt, we have a few reminders for you guys. First up, Commerce Week is quickly approaching. It will be this week, actually, by the time you listen to this episode. I will be moderating on stage as well as our podcast lounge. We'd love for you guys to come by. It's going to be sponsored by OMD. We've had a great lineup of guests. So register now for the February 28th, 29th event uh, to hear from top execs from brands like Pepsi, Carhartt, and DoorDash. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. And coming up right after Commerce Week, we'll be hosting Social Media Week in New York. Our first speakers have just been announced and it's a great lineup featuring Brandon Blackwood as well as execs from Instagram and Reddit. And you can register your interest now on the website. Yes. And as ever, we'd love to hear your suggestions about who and what you want to hear more of on Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Hit us up on LinkedIn or send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Uh, we love hearing from you. Yes, we certainly do. And without further ado, let's jump into our chat with Walt. And hello, hello. Welcome, Walt, to the show. How are you doing today? I am super hype, ecstatic, excited <laughs> to be in the presence of the both of you. And yes, I'm, this is this. We're going to get into it. Um, thank you for having me. We're excited to. Yeah, no, we're excited to have you because you're up to big things. Um, you know, I've watched your trajectory from afar. Um, but before we jump into like present day stuff, because like I said, you're doing big things. Um, I would love to talk about your career trajectory because you have really made it in a place where you're really driving change and using your platform in ways that will benefit the ad industry. Um, and currently in your recently appointed role as chief creative officer of innovation in North America at VML YNR, um, you're in the creative part, but you didn't always start there uh, after looking at your at your LinkedIn and just kind of your experience. So... Can you tell us a little bit about your trajectory and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think I'm still, look, I'm like 46 years old. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for a living. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun here and in this space. And, and truth be said, I've been in this, 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 you know, this advertising space for about like 25-ish years um, in 99 coming in when like, it was still a thing that people were trying to figure out. 
And, you know, for the bulk of my career, I had always leaned into innovation. And I think by default, because the industry in 99, 2000, all the way up uh, through 2013, 14, 15 was just like growing so quickly and rapidly that like everyone who was involved with digital was to some degree doing innovation because we were all trying to throw shit at a wall and hope it sticks. Right. Um, so you know, I had been at companies like the New York Times and Viacom. I was part of the leadership team that sold, you know, MySpace to Justin Timberlake and Specific Media, which is now Time Inc. And, you know, I had always been a, had a knack for just like coming up with ideas. So, you know, throughout my career, I've been fortunate to work with some really incredible people at some incredible places that give me the platform to do big things. So, you know, invented things like um, surround sessions is what we originally called them. But today, anyone else would know them as sequential messaging, right? Those annoying ads that follow you everywhere you go. You know, I patented things like, you know, skippable pre-roll, which is 54321 skip you see on every video platform and in a, in a multitude of other video products. But, you know, it, it kind of lends itself really well to where I'm at now because in my role, like I am you know, it's odd. You don't typically see a CCO in innovation, but like I lean very heavily into creative and create these more 360 campaigns, but with a focus on innovation, because, you know, with the, with the, you know, merger between us and Wonderman, uh, they've just done that space so really, so well, right. And, and been in, you know, immersed in tech and, and innovation with things like mouth pad and the meatball we saw last year, whatnot. Um, and so it just it just it lended us the opportunity to really kind of allow me to partner closer with with a lot of the folks on that side of the world uh, to really just blow up some of the brands that we have today. And truth be said, innovation is so broad. Like innovation to some brands could be DEI work. Innovation to others could be you know ChatGTP and Dolly and things of that nature. So um, I'm fortunate to be at where I'm at. Um, and I kind of again, I was like, I kind of ended up at a place now that I've always kind of done throughout the multitude of my career. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really interested to hear um, how you got your start in innovation and creativity because those, you know, going through school, those aren't necessarily fields, um, you know, that you're taught about. So how did you get your start? Yeah, so I think I was just, I've always been a very inquisitive person, right? And then I've always been like this, okay, so why that? Or why does it have to work like this? Can it work a different way? So my my second job out of college when I went to the New York Times my role was this kind of like rich media person, right? And, you know, as a, at the time I was a front end designer and, and developer and, you know, still learning literally on the job, my role was come up with inventive stuff. Like, what can we do? What's interesting? <laughs> and so, you know, like I created like, you know, do you guys remember, you might be too, might be too young, the peel away ad, right? Where you click, the, it looks like the peel is curled on the top corner. You yes. click it and it peels over. Yeah. Like, yeah, stuff like, yes. stuff like that. Those and were so such a hit. I, yeah. It, it was fun. It was fun back <laughs> so in the day. So enticing. Here's a funny thing. The New York Times literally still had my demo page up from like nine, from 2000, like two years ago. So it's finally just, oh, they just took it. it down. So it was up there for decades. No. <laughs> right? I was going to say, you got to link us to that. I want to check I know, out. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. but what was interesting is when I went to Viacom, um, my role really was how do we actually grow incremental revenue? What does that look like? Um, and that then it became, uh, okay, well, every RFP has, you know, we want innovation in it. But truth be said, when you bring them innovation, um, it's a tough pill to swallow because it means it's going to cost more. It means there's a greater learning curve, uh, greater production time, new assets that the client might need. So what was really interesting about the approach there is that's when I realized throughout my career the importance of research 
being embedded in everything that we do, right? Because up until then, I was just like, how about this? How about that? And so we we started one of the first biometric usability labs ever. We partnered with MIT Labs and um, biometric usability lab essentially is um, imagine you, you know, it looks like someone is in a uh, emergency room, right? All the stuff that's on the head and the fingers, the chest and whatnot, we're measuring things like heart rate, pupil dilation, um, uh, arousal, which is sweat in the palms, eye tracking, facial expressions. And through this, I could tell you what works on things like color, call to action, speed of animation, position on page. And so we were able to innovate and create these big ideas rooted in research, bring them back to a client and not only say, is this new and you're the first one to market with it, but also it's been tested, tried and proved with your audience more segment. Uh, and we can guarantee effectiveness of this amount. And we're selling things for like four, five, six, seven million dollars uh, because it was like a guaranteed thing. And it was a bigger press play as well. And that's when we really started kind of like patenting a lot of those solutions when we were there. That's that's insane. Sorry, I'm you're bringing me back to my digital media buying days in the beginning. <laughs> and I just remember like the dynamic ads were a big deal. Like you want to oh, yeah. have like the interactive stuff. And it's just so funny to think that you were like behind some of that stuff. So that that's super, <laughs> yeah. That's super dope. Yeah, like literally every video format. So like I have a patent for the lower third unit, the bug unit, like all those. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back. Well, yeah, but I um no that that's super fascinating and it's so interesting because this is kind of like the cool part of advertising that we don't really like talk about or you don't really know when you go to college like this is stuff you could be doing so you know I would I would love to ask you like what's something you know now based on your career trajectory that you wish you knew back in the day. That's a really that's a really good question. I think. I think patience is probably a big one. Like I've always had zero patience when I want to get something done. And, um, you know, I think that can work for you and against you, right? Uh, I think it works. My lack of patience works for me because I am one to, you know, push hard on a client because I, I know that this is going to be great. And yes, I know that we should do this. And here's why, right? And, I, and I'm relentless and don't stop in a, in a, in a polite way, I'll say. Uh, but also patience in that, you know, sometimes sometimes it takes time for ideas and work to come to fruition, right? And it takes uh, an abundant, like an enormous amount of people to be involved. I think for the greater first half of my career, um, I was so much of a like you know, like when you're in, when you're young and you go, you take a test in school, and there's always that one asshole who's like covering up their page and like they're like they're like you know they're all those like I don't want anyone to see it. Like, dude, I'm not looking at your shit, right? Like, you know, that was like that was me. so that was me with like my ideas, and I'd come up with an idea, and then like I didn't want to share it with everyone because someone else would get it, and then it's like I was burnt because like I launched the skippable pre roll. And like a month later, YouTube drops it and basically jacked the idea. And like all the, and I was no. like, I was so like emotionally caught up in like, people are gonna just steal my stuff. And I, and I didn't realize it. Yeah. Like, patience. Like it's like you know there was a it was a great form of it's it's flattering when people do that, but also like <laughs> understanding that like an idea is just an idea until you bring it out and birth it into the world, right? And at some point, people are gonna mm -hmm. lean in and and use it, and so be it. So. I mean, I, I think I labeled, I listed, I gave like two or three different areas that I probably tell myself. But I guess the last one I'd say too is, oh my God, the power of storytelling. Like I didn't know that until, you know, 
13, 14 years into my career that like, it's not good enough to just be able to say, Hey, here's this really cool idea. And this is how it functions. And this is how it works. But like, Hey, let me take an individual on a journey. Right. Because what I learned later is that, you know, advertising is about eliciting an emotion from someone. Right. And that only works when you're telling a story. And when you're telling that story, finding a way to relate to an individual, it doesn't matter if you're a TV commercial or if you're sitting in a room with a, with a brand or you're sitting there trying to, you know, influence someone to do a particular thing for some way or reason. So, so storytelling is, is massively important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned storytelling is an important part of your career. Um, and we're going to come, come into the present and, you know, what you've been up to more recently in a couple of minutes. But lifting as you rise has also been a big part of your career wall and I'm keen to hear um, if there are any kind of marketers or creatives that you think our listeners should be following who are kind of up and coming they're like you 25 years ago but now yeah I mean there's so I'll list two and I and uh, I'm selfishly so because I was I work on a daily basis with these people um Roy Roy Milton who is a creative director here at VML um is one of the most creative people that I've ever met. And just like, just really thoughtful about his approach to the work and just really good execution and practitioner of the work. Um, he actually wrote the script with with his creative partner, Megan, um, uh, for the progressive spot that, that we ran and then ended up running on the Super Bowl as well. Um, just really incredibly inspiring guy. Um, other person I'd probably say is, uh, and I'll name a strategist on this one, is Nick, Nick Van Ross, who's another uh, gentleman I work here uh, with. This guy's story is just so phenomenal. Like, and I don't want to botch it uh, if he hears it, but like, you know, got out of college uh, right around the time pandemic happened, you know, instead of going and taking on a job, helped his father at like a store or like a deli or something like that his father owned, like put his college, like put his career on the back burner to help his family continue you know so they could sell make money etc etc um then started looking for a job couldn't find a job ended up working at walmart like nights right and then got a job here at vml and this kid is like maybe like three years experience now and one of the best strategists i've ever worked with in my career because his ability to just tap in uh to culture and authenticity is just it's hard to find people like that. And the kid is just naturally gifted, like naturally, naturally gifted. Sounds wow. like we have our next podcast guest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Those two, those two are, are fantastic. I mean, if I had a fraction of their talent when I was on the come up, I mean, they're, they're, they're both, I think will be incredible leaders at some point in the very near future. I love that. I'm definitely I'm going to go follow them on LinkedIn for sure. Yes. And um, before we cut to break, I feel like you just touched on something that's so interesting about this, like up and coming, you know, like junior talent, if you will. Um, it's all about lived experience, right? Like, I think, yeah. you know, it doesn't it matters the diploma and all that. Yeah. But in advertising, it's like what you've seen, what you think, what you've been exposed to. Um, so that's so interesting to hear that that's been like the strategist trajectory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a. Uh... It's interesting when we kind of even when we start to look about like the the way this industry is shaped and how it's moving or not. And I've said this on on other you know stages or whatnot. As I think, as we move forward, I think the the the, the role that's going to be most needed in like seven, eight, nine years, probably sooner than that, is going to be the copywriter, right? Because like it's like because the copywriter tomorrow is going to be what a UI designer is today. 
right? Because it's like you're like what everything we're doing now and we're moving to this place is like full on communication. It's how I speak to a brand. It's what the brand says back to, to me and then how I respond uh, back. I mean, with the use of like AR glasses now and we're, you know, they'll eventually be really small and it's going to be using things like object identification. And then again, I have to speak to it to ask it to do a particular thing. Um, you know, look at prompting now, right? Like how we prompt for whether that you be in, you know, ChatGDB doing stuff or you do, you know, stuff with Dolly. Like your ability to write to create a thing is 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 massive. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And something AI can't really like you can't you can't just capture emotion like through AI. So I'm definitely a good that. call. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna pause for a quick break, and we will be back to hear what Walt is up to now. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back from our break. Walt, welcome back. Bex, welcome back. Okay, so we did a little bit down memory lane. We got some hot takes from Walt that, honestly, I've taken some (laughs) notes, and I think it's super interesting to apply to future work. Um, We want to hear about current day because you're up to some really dope things. Um, Before we get into Black Week, um, I'm like a film nerd, so to see what you did with Black Madison Ave and just like the response that it got at film festivals— um, can you tell us a little bit about this and did you anticipate the response that you received? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't, you have to understand. So let me back up. When, when I thought of the idea, it was actually New York Film Festivals came to me and said, hey, you know, we, we'd love to support, you know, what you're doing. How can we do it? And I was like, well, what does that mean? And they basically said, we'll give you like, do you want to do a shoot? Do you want to shoot something? We'll give you like a three person camera crew, sound, lighting, everything. And I was like, wow. So the first thing that came to my mind, and this is selfishly, like I had never met uh, the rest of all the ECDs at the time. There was nine of us in the holding agency. And so I we connected through text and I asked everyone if they'd get on a call. We got on the call and I asked if they wanted to do it. And I think that there was some hesitancy at first, but then everyone agreed, like, yes, I think it's important. And here's why. Because you understand, like we, 
is a it's like we were all fearful of potential backlash, right? Like, what mm-hmm. if I say a thing? Because the the thing was, we agreed that if we were going to do this and have this conversation, everyone needs to be entirely transparent and one hundred percent candid, no holding anything back. Um, when we agreed, it was kind of like, all right, well, I guess we'll just take what comes with it. Right. So, yeah, I think that there was a bit of, you know, you know, being nervous involved. And, um, you know, when we launched, I think we I mean, we got a a lot of people talking about it. it was fantastic. But I think the thing that surprised me is that colleges took it up and added it to their curriculum, Duke University and all these different colleges, like major colleges actually still to this day play it as a part of their undergrad and grad school uh, um, advertising, uh, you know, uh, um, majors. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it turned out greater than we expected. And, and, you know, it's funny. It's like someone literally just sent me a message on LinkedIn yesterday saying, Hey, you know, I had our entire leadership watch this, this week. And, you know, we had a whole conversation about it and how we then, you know, approach their, you know, individuals that we work with here. So it's like, it's wild that people are still, you know, consuming that content like on a daily basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing that it's still having such a big impact. Um, And, you know, this has now led you to being one of the founders of Black Week, um, which is a conference intended to solve, you know, business problems through diversity and inclusion. You know, it's no secret that advertising has huge issues in these areas and huge issues in terms of the the talent pool and um, having diverse people represented within the most senior ranks of these agencies. Can you talk a little bit about Black Week and how it's different from other conferences? Yeah, I think this is an, an an added thing, right, to the mix. Because I want to start by saying, I think every every conference is a is a, is a necessary thing, right? It, whether it's Black Ad, um, Ad Color, the One Show, they're all um, mm-hmm. necessary necessary things. Because in order for us to create change, many of us need to be doing it and in, in kind of ensuring that we're all setting the goal in the same or kicking towards the same goal. Um, but everyone does things in different ways. I think that. You know, Black Week, our intent is to create an economic forum, right? So think of like what Davos is, right? Like that, like that here. And, you know, we have to understand that, you know, this is, you know, the black audience is like a tr- like coming up to soon be a trillion dollar, you know, you know, area of, of business, right? And um, well, in terms of, you know, the the spending power, I'll say, of that group. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking about that, like, how do we reach out to them in really authentic ways? Let's talk about it, right? Because at the end of the day, this is how we all make a shit ton of money, right? But 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 messaging to these individuals and these, you need to have them the right individuals on, on stages, in rooms, like all this stuff, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, if someone says, you know, hey, you know, what's the what is what what do you get out of this like what's the goal when people leave a week later or a month later um we we set out a pretty big number right which is like how how can we make an impact of 100 million dollars that goes back into the black community some way shape or form right and that can be through hiring a black talent whether it's junior mid or executive that goes to you know in ensuring that some of these agencies companies brands are investing in in in, in black owned media uh, black owned creative shops uh black owned production companies so everyone that we invite to stage will have to make some form of commitment and we're not asking that everyone say hey like you got to commit to this big giant thing, but here's a small thing. What if, you know, Ogilvy does it today. They're, they're committed to 10% uh, of all production companies that use a black owned. That's a lot of money going mm-hmm. back to black owned businesses. So the intent is that, yes, we want to create change. We want to be, but we also want to be more than a conversation in a room, 
we want to say that everyone we're walking out here making some real uh, change within within the space. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's conversations, but backed up by action from those yeah. taking part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, we're excited about it. We're talking to a bunch of brands now about sponsorships and agencies and whatnot. Um, you know, I think that people see and realize that this is, this is something that is going to be different. This is something that can actually allow uh, for impact to happen. Like we're going to have stages where we're going to have, you know, startup companies pitch, uh, pitch what they're working on. And agencies love that type of stuff because this is the type of stuff we use to then bring to our brands. We'll have banks and VCs in the room. We'll have, you know, different meet and greets for junior mid-level creatives, a strategist. So it's like a whole own thing. We're even having conversations with some brands about um, opening up an RFP to small size um, um, black owned agencies where they can now all bid on this, get, you know, bid on this work and, and, and at the end of the week be able to essentially say in the winner of this piece of business is this agency. Wow. That's incredible to be yeah. kind of like, just like a fly on the wall there. I have two questions for you. Twofold question. Where can people find more info about black week as you know, updates are rolling out and it sounds like you're going to have a pretty jam packed agenda. So how can attendees make the best use of their time? Like how can they strategize and really get the most out of black week? Yeah. So blackweek.co is, is, is the site, you know, we'll be continuing stuff there. Uh, if you follow through any social media channel, um, Black Week, um, that's where we'll be kind of putting most of our updates. And I think what we're going to see over the next uh, month is we're going to start rolling out different speakers that are involved, different sponsors that are involved as well. Um, I know we have people like, you know, John Cook, my CEO, who's going to be involved. Uh, Mark Reed, who's going to be involved. Uh, some, some really interesting folks. And we also want to let people know that this is for all people. Like white, black, Puerto Rican, like whatever you fuck you are, right? Like come, <laughs> come, and we're gonna and we're gonna come together to kind of create opportunity. Um, um, and the last part of your question, I apologize. Um, so you said where people can find info, and then the second part is how can you're gonna have such a jam packed agenda? Oh, yeah. How can people make the best use? At, like, how should they strategize about attending uh, Black Week? Yeah, that's a great question. So we're the ideas we're trying to do this at the same time as advertising week is mm-hmm. right intentionally so because all the right people are going to be in you know in in the city at that same time. I think it's just come down and check it out. I mean, it's just like when you go to Can right. It's like it's Can seems it's like so big, but it's like you can't really figure it out uh, until yeah. you get there. And it's like all right, cool, this makes sense. We just ask people to come and participate and not saying that everyone needs to be, you know, on stage and making any type of commitments, but even being there and supporting the people in the room and, and listening and hearing and being inspired by other leaders. Because, by the, you know, we, we, we do want to put a lot of these leaders on the stage, but we also want to ensure that the people that we put on the stage are people that are actually making real impact and able to really inspire people in the audience uh, about how they are doing the work and how they're kind of, you know, the solutions they're coming up with. Um but also, too, we will have a slew of um, information that comes out where we'll, of course, like different stages who will be on each stage, et cetera. That'll probably roll out uh, probably middle of the summer, uh, May-ish time. Uh, we'll be sharing across also social. I feel like like I'm like influencer channel for all things Black Week. So <laughs> you, you honestly, you are. <laughs> so if, you, if you follow me, you'll, you'll, you'll probably see, see a lot of that stuff rolling out. Uh, but all I'd say is come, come, come learn, be inspired, be part of the conversation and help us make some form of change. 
Absolutely. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. Um, and I'm sure some of the Ad Week crew will, will be along. And yeah, follow Walt listeners if you want any any updates on, on what's coming. Yeah. But Walt, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been amazing chatting with you. Um, yeah, really nice energizing conversation. And oh, yeah, keep us you. posted on, on what's next. Yeah, thank you thank so you much. Walt. I am I'm super pumped to be here. So thank you for having me. And let's do it again sometime. In person. In yes. person. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. In person. We will make yes. it happen. Thank Sounds you like all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.